Hello, everyone. Today's lesson is on abiding, uh, abiding with the Lord, maintaining continual fellowship with the Lord. So we need to focus on abiding more than we ever had before. This is one of the most important things we can do to keep a good continual relationship with the Lord. So to abide simply refers to the moment by moment experiences of walking in harmony or communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that is, without any unresolved offenses that are disrupting that communion. So we need to realize that uh, abiding means that we are constantly walking in harmony. Jesus abided with the Father when he was here on this earth, and he was constantly telling us that anything that I do, you see me do it because the Father tells me to do it. He was abiding with the Father. There was no unresolved offenses between Jesus and the Father, and that's what it means for us to abide. So uh, although I'm a believer, I still have that sinful human nature in me, and I, I can choose at any given moment to re to remove myself from abiding and remove myself from fellowship with the Holy Spirit by just re, uh, just by allowing some unresolved issue to come between me and the Holy Spirit. You can you can allow some anger or some uh, some discontentment in your life, something that uh, you just don't want to forgive, or something that's uh, got you twisted up, and you just don't want to address it. That can come between you and the Holy Spirit, and you'll no longer be abiding with Him because you have an unresolved issue in your life and then the Holy Spirit can't work in you and walk in you and lead you and guide you and so you can't function the way you need to function if you have unresolved issues. That why That's why the Bible tells us to always take our problems to each other, resolve these issues, get them under the blood before the sun sets and not to go to the altar and offer God gifts or offer God our praise at any time until we go back to the person that we have that offense with and get that thing fixed. That's an unresolved issue, and we cannot abide in the Holy Spirit with unresolved issues in our life. I, that should speak that plainly enough that everybody should understand that and not have to ask any more questions about that. If you're mad at somebody, you're not abiding you've got an unresolved issue. If you're holding a grudge, you're not abiding. You have an unresolved issue. Everybody get that point? Abiding means that we have unresolved issues are gone completely out of our life and we're constantly walking in harmony with Jesus Christ and his word and everything the Bible tells us to do. We're, we're in harmony. That's what abiding means. So while the Holy Spirit does not change, my relationship with him is conditional upon my choosing to walk in harmony with the Holy Spirit rather than walk in the flesh. I can choose to be in the flesh and that'll mess up my abiding relationship. So why is it a, it's so important for me to abide? See, God is looking for av um, available vessels instruments to be used by him. He, he, he has an eternal purpose that he, he wants to complete in and through our lives. And while we're abiding in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit is free to produce his fruit through us as we make ourselves a usable vessel or like I used to, like I always call myself a conduit. So as long as we are abiding and allowing the Holy Spirit to freely flow and produce through us, we become a conduit that he can use. At, at any given moment, though, we can allow ourselves to become unusable because we become unwilling to remain in fellowship with him. 
we get selfish and we want to be mad for a while or we want to do our thing or we we got upset with somebody we didn't get our way so we're going to go off and pout and we're going to act like it don't matter to us but we still go off in this corner and pretend that we're Christians we don't ever go back and resolve that issue you can't abide you're just fooling yourself because if you have unresolved issues in your life you can't abide with the Holy Spirit you got to get that fixed first so we, at any given moment, we can cause ourselves to not be used to him. We need to picture ourselves as an instrument, a vessel, a water glass, any, whatever it is. A vessel's main function is to be available at all times and be usable by its owner, not to perform anything on its own. You don't have a glass of water that goes to the sink by itself and fills it up. A glass of water don't run to the thirsty and pour itself in their mouth. Somebody has to use that glass to make it function properly. You are a vessel. You can't function on your own. You have to abide with the Father. So if you have unresolved issues, the Father don't pick you up and use you. He don't fill you full of water and pour you where he wants you because you're not abiding. You have to get your issues resolved. So God is our potter. He's free to use us at any moment that he chooses and he can, he can change us. He can manipulate us. He can, he can transform us. He can turn us into anything he wants us to be for the glory of his name and for his name's sake as long as we abide. But we tend to focus on performance. But we're, we're not talking about performance here today in this lesson, but uh, we, we, we're talking more about being. But we like to talk about performance. A lot of times people think, well, if I'm not performing right, I'm not abiding. We're, we're talking about being. So what, what I do as a result of what I am is being. What I do is a result of being. So what is the function of a branch? Is it to be or to do? Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains or abides in me and I in him, that's the one that produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. That's John 15 and 5. For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart, Matthew 12 and 34. So it will help to look at this lesson as if it was entitled, uh, if it had the title, How to Live in Continual Harmony with My Spouse or My Close Friend. So let's look at this from that relationship standpoint so that you can understand this lesson a little better because this is the clearest model that God designed and gave us examining the husband-wife model or close friendship. This will give you many insights into your relationship with the Lord. So it can help to think of abiding as having three dimensions. One of them is width. That could refer to our daily aspect of abiding and we should view our relationship of abiding in fellowship with the Lord as only encompassing today. Yesterday's issues have already been dealt with, gone by. It should have unless you're just not abiding and you had unresolved issues. But today we're not thinking about yesterday if we're abiding. I need to believe that God's promises that, he, that his grace will take care of me and it'll take care of tomorrow's issues as well when they become today's issues. But I'm not going to worry about tomorrow's issues because I'm in today. The Lord promised to meet my daily needs. Matthew 6 and 8 through 11, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus said to take up my cross daily. Anything greater can be overwhelming. Luke 9 and 23, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So we have 
we have that to consider. So here's some thoughts to think about. I, I need to pursue the habit of keeping short accounts with the Holy Spirit. So in other words, we need to consciously choose to acknowledge or confess quickly any unresolved conflict when we have offended Him. So we need to realize that if we have any offenses... We need to quickly realize them, get them resolved, get them under the blood, get them out of the way so that he can move in our lives again. And that may be two minutes of sitting stagnant. It may be two months. It depends on how hard-headed we are. But we need to learn that we don't need to let the sun go down on our anger. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Paul states in Acts 24 and 16, I do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience before God and before men. So it's important to to know that the Holy Spirit alone determines when I am being held accountable for offending Him. You don't get to make those decisions. The Holy Spirit determines whether or not He holds you accountable for offending Him. Likewise, listening to the offended spouse is usually the quickest first step to restoring fellowship. If your spouse is mad at you, you need to sit down and listen to why they're mad. You don't just run off and say you don't get a chance to be mad. You don't need to run off, ignore them, and say that their issue is insignificant. You need to at least sit down and listen to it and give them the floor from it. The Holy Spirit does the same thing with us. The Holy Spirit listens to us, but we still need to go back and conform to what's right. And it's the Word of God, Christ, that come in the flesh is what's right. And the Holy Spirit holds us accountable to what Jesus says, not what we think or what we want. So during the time I'm walking out of fellowship with the Holy Spirit, I forfeit His intended blessings for me. You understand that? If you're walking out of the fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you have forfeited any blessings that you might want. You can pray, you can ask God, you can do everything you want to do, but if you're walking outside of fellowship with Him because of unresolved issues or doing things wrong, it don't matter how many times you go to church. It don't matter how much money you put in the offering plate. It don't matter how much you pray and carry on and act like you are a Christian. If you are out of fellowship with the Holy Spirit because of an unresolved issue and you won't make it right, God will not operate in your life. You forfeit His blessings in your life and you will reap unintended consequences. The scripture says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption. That's worthless fruit. That's Galatians 6, 7 and 8. God promises to meet my needs in Matthew 6 and being prudent and responsible toward the future is appropriate. But if I allow that concern to negatively affect my relationship with the Lord, then worry and anxiety can easily become sin in my life. He wants his peace to reign in my life. He, he wants his peace to reign in my heart and heaviness in my heart, heaviness in your heart can make your man, can make you stoop. The scripture, Proverbs 12 and 25, heaviness of the heart makes a man stoop. So here's another uh, measurement that we look at in the height. The height in our relationship could refer to an open line of vertical communication. 
vertical straight up and down. So height could refer to our open line of vertical communication between God and ourselves. I should jealously guard our fellowship by monitoring our communication moment by moment, being vigilant not to allow anything in my life to disrupt my communication with God. I need to form the habit of not just wanting to check in from time to time at my personal convenience. It should be a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week conversation that you stay connected to the Lord and connected to the Holy Spirit. So here's something to consider. You should say, I'm told to pray continually. I'm told to rejoice always. I'm told to pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. That's found in 1 Thessalonians 5. Uh, Continual prayer is not necessarily conversation, without any interruptions, but prayer that continues whenever possible. That adverb for continually is, it was used in the Greek to describe a hacking cough. That Greek word continually was talking about a hacking cough. Paul was speaking of maintaining continuous fellowship with God as much as possible in the midst of daily living in which concentration is frequently broken. That hacking cough, you just don't feel like it ever goes away. Every time you think you're past it, you've coughed up something or you cleared your throat right at the most inconvenient time, you hack and cough again. This is used to describe how we should continually be in relationship and be in prayer and communion with God the Father. We need to be praying just like we would have a hacking cough. At all the most inconvenient times... The cough shows up. All throughout the day, we need to be in communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. The husband-wife relationship is also a deterrent unless it's consciously nurtured. Bindness can easily be a trap causing me to neglect the Lord. Both the Holy Spirit and my spouse or close friend will be offended if I carelessly disregard or ignore them. We cannot ignore people. You don't ignore the Lord. You don't ignore the Holy Spirit. You don't ignore your spouse. You don't ignore your friends. People will be moved out of your life by your own actions if you ignore them. They didn't leave you. left them. You was ignoring them. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But if you ignore him all the time, you're going to feel like he left you because you were so busy doing other things in your life. You think he left you because when you look up and you need him, he's not there. Why? You're the one doing all the walking away. The same thing happens in all of our relationships. The Holy Spirit will always be faithful to reveal to me any unresolved problems between us. That's called our conscience. He puts his Holy Ghost conviction on our life, and I should never allow what I'm doing to become more important than my fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I need to focus on that always. That needs to be one of my closest things that I do on a continual basis throughout the day is building my relationship with the Holy Spirit, letting him tell me when I'm in and out of relationship with him. And if I do anything that puts me out of relationship with him, according to the word of God, see, the Holy Spirit holds me accountable to the word of God. That's why we should read the Bible. We should study it and get it in us so that we know that when the Holy Spirit wants to talk to us, there's something inside of us that it can hold us accountable to. So if you don't read the Bible, you don't have that. Your conscience is not where it needs to be so that you can grow and mature in the word. You can't grow and mature in the Holy Spirit. You can't grow and mature in your Christian walk because you're not reading the Word so the Holy Spirit can talk to you about what you're being accountable to. 
what you are doing or what you're not doing, what you went in fellowship or what you went out of fellowship. The word of God is the, is the line drawn in the sand that lets the Holy Spirit hold you accountable to it. And when we don't do that, the Holy Spirit can't tell you where you're wrong at. So you walk around just thinking you're fine when you're not. So reading the word is really important. Another part of our depth of our relationship could refer to me depend my my deepening relationship with the Lord himself, getting to know him as as in a marriage or a close relationship. The concept of spiritual growth and the maturing process in our lives implies that there are things presently in my life that are displeasing to God I need to grow out of. Even though the Lord is aware of the displeasing things in my character, He only holds me accountable for those issues that He wants to deal with me today. And He matures me on those things today. There may be a thousand things wrong with me, But he can't deal with a thousand things at one time because I can't perceive it. I can't understand it. He picks one thing that he wants to deal with me and we work on that thing. When he gets me past that thing, he'll go to the next issue. But the depth of his relationship with us in spiritual growth is he'll find one thing that he knows he can fix, one thing you know you can understand that the Holy Spirit's telling you is wrong, and he will work on that. And he will deal with one thing at a time in your life to help you get straightened out. So if I look at the air in a room, it looks relatively pure in my perspective. You know, we can all look across the room and the air looks pretty good. We got, you know, in your house, you got some dim lights and, you know, it's not near as bright as the sun at all. But, you know, if if you're inside of your house and a, a ray of light appears, there'll be a lot of dust particles that suddenly show up in your room and you can see the dust flying around and you realize the air is not as pure as what it looks like. That's God's perspective. So when I look in the air and the air looks relatively pure in the room, that's my perspective. But when the light shines on it and the dust particles are out there everywhere, is something wrong with the air everywhere you look? That's God's perspective. He sees everything that's wrong. Even though my sinful human nature is totally corrupted and unholy as compared to his holiness, he sees me in Christ and he only holds me accountable for the issues, those dust particles that he is presently bringing to my attention. The dust particles existed even though I was not yet conscious of their existence. Y'all follow me? My responsibility is to be attentive to the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can easily show me what areas of my understanding and or behavior he wants me to change. He'll never burden me with more than what I can bear, what I can handle at one time. God deals with me according to my maturity level. I say this to people in my church all the time. You can only deal with people at the level of maturity that they live in. If they don't live at that level of maturity you're talking about, you're wasting your time. You got to get down to their level, teach them, and help them to grow up piece by piece, little by little. Deal with them at the places where you know they'll understand and be able to grow out of, and then eventually they'll get to this place you're talking about and they'll understand you at that level but until then you got to get to where they are to teach them and grow them up that's how God deals with every one of us he deals with our with with our problems with our issues and our maturity level there's things in our lives we don't know we're doing wrong that's why his blood his grace is sufficient for us 
We don't understand some of the sins that we commit. We don't understand some of the errors in our life that should be better until he brings them to us and reveals them to us and starts working on us. But he don't do that until we get to the maturity level in our walk with Christ to where we can understand those things. So that's where we got to get. And it's got to be our willingness to learn. We got to understand that. that It's got to be our willingness. It can't be somebody else's. It's got to be our willingness. So as I allow him, God will prune me so that I'll bear more of his fruit. But God's process of making my life more fruitful is described as pruning. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it will bear more fruit. John 15 and 2. And I should not be surprised by the sinfulness of my human nature. As I grow spiritually, I'll increasingly see some human nature as God sees it. I'll start seeing some really bad things. That's why Paul, the greatest evangelist that ever existed, kept calling himself the chief of sinners. The closer he got to God, the more dirty he realized he was, the more unbearable that he realized he was in God's eyes. So as we mature spiritually, we'll increasingly see our human nature the way that God sees our human nature. All of our flaws will become more visible as they're more exposed to light. But you should be understanding how much more efficient God's son, Jesus Christ, and his sacrifice on that cross was sufficient for you. The closer you get to God, the more you realize the flaws in your life, the more you realize you needed Jesus, so your faith in him should become stronger, knowing that the only way you was ever going to get past your sinful nature, the only way you'd ever realize that you would ever become righteous in God's eyes is the fact that Jesus did that for you. There's nothing you could do about it. So how do I know if I'm not abiding or if I'm out of fellowship with the Holy Spirit? You need to ask the Holy Spirit if there's any unresolved issues. Most people won't do this. They come and get their feel good going on in church. They won't read the scripture. They don't really praise a lot. They come to church once a week. They think that that one hour of being in a service and hearing a few scriptures and the preacher talk a while, that does it for them. And so they don't get close enough to God to understand whether or not they're abiding with God, whether or not they've got any unresolved issues. So even though I'm walking in fellowship with the Lord and have no unresolved issues, not all that I do is motivated by him either. And not everything that I do is pleasing. As I allow him to grow and mature me, he will increasingly have more freedom in my life to bear his fruit. And I'll find myself out of fellowship with the Holy Spirit sometimes. And if I do, it's by my choice. But I don't need to be out of fellowship with the Lord any longer than I choose to be. Restoration is the condition of abiding fellowship that will take place immediately when I confess my offense. And we need to realize that when we have an offense, you want to walk and abide with the Lord Jesus Christ and have an abiding relationship. You want God's favor in your life. You have to always realize that when you've done something wrong, step up, admit it, be the person you're supposed to be, humble yourself before the Lord and get it under the blood, confess that offense and get your abiding back in. Be held accountable by the Holy Spirit. He's not there to condemn you. He's there to tell you to get back in line. I can't work in your life unless you get this out of the way. So we need to abide, get rid of all those offenses, all those bad thoughts, you holding a grudge or whatever it is, you know, oh, now so I don't like so-and-so. 15 years ago, they did this to me. My goodness, you really would throw yourself into hell over something, being mad over somebody they'd done 15 years ago. 
think about how stupid that is. Get that under the blood and put that thing out of the way. You can't abide in the Holy Spirit. He can't work in your life because you got unforgiveness from 15 years ago that you couldn't resolve that issue. Get that thing taken care of and let God's favor come on your life. That's the only way you're going to abide in Him. So how can I know if I'm out of fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Well, usually there's symptoms. There's plenty of symptoms. A lot of them's ailing in your body. You, you'll have all kinds of stuff going on. Some, some people, their ongoing spiritual problems of the sinful nature, and some of them could be just stumbling, impatience, frustration, dissatisfaction. All these things are going on in your life. It don't actually have to be ailing in the body, but you can just be worrying all the time, dissatisfied with anything. You can't be satisfied for nothing. You're always striving. You don't have peace in your life. You, you may, sometimes you may feel defeated. That maybe you're complaining all the time. Anxiety sets in. You're angry. You're mad all the time. You you get irritable at the least little bitty thing. You've got all kinds of adu- uh, 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 addictive behavior. or You're critical and judgmental about other people. All these symptoms are symptoms that you're not abiding. When you have any of this stuff going on, that's proof that you're not abiding with the Holy Spirit. You need to get it under the blood. Do away with these things. Don't let these things get in your life and, and cause yourself to get outside of abiding with Him. So since your natural tendency is to categorize and classify acts of behavior and build mental lists of do's and don'ts, it's easier to follow your list instead of following the Holy Spirit's list. Listen, church, we, we've got to uh, consider that abiding is some, something that the Holy Spirit does. That we, we have a misconception sometimes that... Uh, uh, abiding is something that we attain to but the reality is that abiding is a birthright of every child of god it's it's not about achieving a certain level of maturity does a child have to earn the privilege of being in fellowship with their parents absolutely not they're you're you're the parent and your child loves you and it has the right to be in your arms and abide with you it's not something you attain to it's not something you work up to it's just a reality just spend time with him walk with him when you fail get back up ask forgiveness and keep walking don't let it destroy your life because you think well i messed up i can't get back in you remember our first podcast our first lesson satan wants to deceive you and thinking well you can get saved you can be born again but as long as you're walking perfect but the he'll forgive you of all your sins but if you've sinned a new one if you come up with a new sin oh that one ain't forgiven you're done just forget it walk off and just forget that salvation's not for you anymore don't let that misconception get to you. It's just a reality that abiding is a birthright of every child of God, and it's not about achieving a maturity level. Every Christian gets to live in harmony with God and with the Holy Spirit without extended periods of being out of fellowship if you so choose. But that choice is up to you, and, and that's what makes you live the life that you need to live. And listen to this scripture here, John 5 and 30 I seek not my own will, this is Jesus speaking, but the will of the Father which has sent me. That's where we need to get in abiding with God. Get yourself in a place. Remember, I said you had faith when you asked Christ to come into your heart. 
Have faith now that, Lord, your will for me is better. Your will, I want to just abide with you. Let you retrain my life, retrain my thinking, retrain my habits. Turn me into what you want me to be so that I can abide with you more and more and more and I'll become what you want me to be. I don't want to seek my own will, but I want the will of the Father which is in heaven. I want that will to be my will. That's what abiding means. Just walk with him, talk with him, and when you get an unresolved issue, just the very moment you realize that you failed, so what? Get that under the blood and keep abiding. Don't let that destroy you. Don't let the enemy tell you it's the end. Get back up and get in that abiding relationship, and you'll find out that that'll happen less and less and less, and you'll see God changing your life for the better. Amen. God bless you. I hope this helps you walk and abide with the Holy Spirit.